Nice. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a uh, exploratory bowl of dude soup. Mm. I probably already used that one. I don't even know. Uh, we are joined by Brian from Crystal Dynamics, who's the game director on Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm. Hey, everybody. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Nice to see you guys. Hi. Hey, thanks for coming. Back here. You look forward and forward <laughs> yeah. only. Yeah. All right. I will look forward. <laughs> you play video game. Video so, uh, what segment are you going to show us from Rise today? So, we figured, you know, it's Rise of the Tomb Raider. What better piece of content to show than a tomb? So, Rise of the Tomb Raider is a commitment to bring Lara back to the tombs, and this is the first one she's She's not looking encounter. so hot right now. Well, she just recently had an encounter with Trinity, and uh, to set up the, where she's at, a helicopter has shot down her Jeep, her Jeep turned, uh, crashed, and now she slid down a mountain, and she's at the precipice of discovering this tomb. So there's already stakes and a threat uh, on her way to find uh, the Prophet's tomb. Did the tombs kind of take the same mechanical role they did in... I don't want to say the original Tomb Raider, but the most recent Tomb Raider, where essentially it's this side puzzle-based exploration thing, and then you get some kind of really cool upgrade at the end of it? Yeah, well, this is one of our primary uh, tombs, so every single tomb is going to have a reward of some kind. Uh, this one actually has a big narrative payoff, as well as some exploration that you're going to be able to do within the tomb itself. We're going to learn a new translation system, and there's a number of things that we introduced in this tomb, but every single tomb is going to have at least a narrative payload to further the, the, the story, or it's going to have a really cool upgrade. Um, and, and this time, every single one of our challenge tombs has a skill that um, is an ancient skill, something that makes sense that you'd find in an old space that she'll add to her arsenal. Hmm. So it's a pretty cool um, method to deliver new cool stuff. Damn. Pretty cool. Uh, when it comes to doing sequels, because I know when the first game came out, it was like it was met with like a bunch of different types of criticism and actually a lot of praise. Mm -hmm. I think like James and I were two of the guys who were like, hey, it's really fun and it's better than other games that are kind of in a similar genre. Um, do, what's the kind of the thought process going into like a sequel? Because I know the, the original series, like at least in my opinion, was like it just got hit oh, with damn. so many sequels. Like I couldn't tell the difference between Angel of Darkness and Three yeah. Gold Edition Part Four. Um, then it got rebooted, and then rebooted again. Are you guys being like a lot more careful, or are you just kind of like let's just do whatever we want? Well, the reboot established a whole new set of criteria under a very familiar um, banner of like we wanted to make an action adventure game something that is obviously heart of every Tomb Raider uh, mm -hmm. adventure. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to ground it a little bit more. We wanted uh, Lara to feel that she had a little bit more gravitas and weight as a character. Um, and that the, what better way to do that than tell an origin story? So with the origin story, you're able to start Lara at a place where she might have these abilities, but not the experience. Mm -hmm. So what we knew we wanted to do with the sequel was build on the experience that she had on Yamatai, that she understands the world is dangerous, and that there's this world of secrets this, that she's uncovered that she can't understand yet and she hasn't fully uh, um, been able to explain. So when she comes back from this event, no one really believes her. No one, this, this sort of cover-up has happened and the events of, on Yamatai are, are called into question and she's looking for evidence elsewhere in the world that has similar kinds of um, MOs. Mm -hmm. So she finds this myth that her father was, uh, was exploring, which was the secret of immortality and the lost city of Katesh. And that's sort of what takes her on this journey, is picking up where he left off hmm. and, uh, and hopefully trying to prove that the events that she experienced on Yamatai weren't a singular experience. So for me, with the, with the previous Tomb Raider game, <coughs> I, I uh, had some 
some very, uh, I don't know what the word is, but interesting opinions on it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, And uh, I've compared it to other games that are very similar, kind of like Adam (laughs) said. Um, And uh, I'll preface this by saying these opinions are my own. And and so you don't have to agree or disagree or whatever. NBA Jam. I've often described it as the best Uncharted game. Yeah. Um, And so, like, obviously that's a beloved franchise, but for me, Tomb Raider was like, it didn't it didn't bury itself so much in trying to tell this narrative or be the cinematic experience where every single opportunity it had to be a game, it always chose to be a game. So, like, obviously you just said there's a lot of plot going into this, a lot of narrative, but how much how much of that did you balance out with just treating it like a game that you're supposed to play? Jesus Christ, dude. This well, game's really pretty. Yeah. You, it's also you. really pretty. <laughs> you're doing these sweeping angles. Like, oh. Well, really, we want to make sure that we're doing two things. We're delivering on the idea of... Um, oh, that soft lighting? You got Vaseline all over the camera? Yeah, we've got yeah, a really lighting. nice new light. Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce around a little <laughs> yeah, bit yeah, yeah. to answer your question. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a brand new graphics engine for us. <laughs> it takes full advantage of the power of the Xbox One with image-based lighting, brand new shaders, new believable um, animation system that's really bringing large in the next level. But behind all those graphics and bells and whistles, we we want to make a great game. Mm-hmm. So you talked about the systems, like we, we introduced, you know, um, RPG sort of progression systems to, to the game, something we've never had before. And we're sort of bringing that to another level. So here we're uh, talking about our translation system, where she's going to go around the world, look at these murals, and it's going to start to build onto her translation experience. So she's learning a little bit more of this ancient Greek language that will eventually allow her to, uh, to translate this monolith. And that was one of the new additions we've had. In addition to really making sure that our campsite system is even more robust. Not only are you gonna have just one bow, you're gonna have multiple bows. And depending on your strategy, we wanted the player to have a choice on how they go about combat. We're giving you new traversal abilities, we're giving, uh, which allows uh, for more stealth options. And a lot of people really like our sort of stealth light, mm-hmm. and we call it our pre-combat mm-hmm. awareness, where you can choose to go in and, and, uh, and, and be a little stealthy before going full on combat. And now we're making sure that there's even more tools for the player to do that. So not every single combat will be able to be done through stealth, but a lot of them we're going to add this choice space to it. Hmm. So um, I'm going to translate one more mural here. Uh, I think I have enough. Yep, I think I should have enough here. And now I'm going to be able to translate this monolith. What's great about that is is it's not just a cool archaeological thing, which is you know key to the franchise, but it also un- un- allows you to uncover these hidden caches throughout the world. So it's now uncover this location, be able to dig that up. You guys seem to be really doubling down on sort of the tomb aspect of Tomb Raider, yes. whereas like, I was talking about like the previous franchise, like I think at one point she was just like at a cocktail party <laughs> and like jumped in on a motorcycle. It was like, like the you name. To, you're speaking of legend. Is that the one? Okay, yes. yeah. I remember it just got a little, I remember there was a quick time event where I like smashed my face against a, like a building or something. And it was yeah, it was funny. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was great. But um, it's just, yeah, you guys seem to be definitely focusing on, I guess what make Tomb Raider kind of like a household name was like you, you're exploring your female Indiana Jones. Like yeah. You should embrace that. Yeah, are, we, you, are you guys we, driving back to that? Because I remember the original Laura, like, she had a mansion. She just traveled the world for fun. She had a like, butler she, in the freezer. Yeah, it was, right. it was fucking awesome. And I remember, like, I remember being really attracted is the wrong word, but interested in that character because that didn't really exist in the game space at the time. Just like an awesome chick who's rich and likes blowing shit up and going and finding cool stuff. 
And well, there was a lot of people that compared it to like a female James Bond where she traveled mm -hmm. the world, had this exotic kind of adventure. And we, you know, we've often lovingly said it's, it's the Teflon Lara, like nothing could hurt her. Mm -hmm. You know, she was a superhero in some ways, but she was very aspirational. People wanted to be here. They liked, they liked her. She, that's why she rose to be, you know, one of the, the most iconic heroes in the games industry. But we knew that the tastes of gamers from the 90s are not the same tastes of those from now. And we were able to translate the idea of what Lara Croft, Croft is, boil her down to her essence. She's a smart character. She's agile. She has this determination and a love for archaeology. And that archaeology then can manifest in these ancient secrets that are lost to the world. They're, they're hidden in the most remote and hostile places on Earth. And if anyone could find them, you know, they would be discovered by now. But Lara is uniquely qualified. She has this drive inside to find these truths. And she will go through a lot to do it. So that's where our survival flavor may perfect sense for what it really means to be an, uh, an archaeologist finding ancient secrets it's not a safe sport you know and it's not a sport at all it actually becomes <laughs> a calling for her for Lara she she realizes that she's um, dipped her toe into something a greater a bigger world that's very dangerous and it's gonna she's gonna have to put her life <coughs> on the line if she wants to find these secrets um, how how often are these searching for these secrets going to entail her getting punctured through the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the chin by a, a sharp branch? Well, I can, I can say that you can't have drama without consequences, mm. right? So we talk about you know bringing traps back to tombs, and people are very excited about that because there's a nostalgic idea of like people that wanted to protect these secrets are going to the booby trap these these areas. Mm -hmm. So if you fail to perform your uh, you know, an evasion or shooting out a trap, yeah, there are gonna be consequences, but we always try to make sure they're grounded as much as we possibly can into something that you can, oh yeah, I understand why I failed there. And either you you, you kind of get a thrill from that or you go, man, I'm never gonna do that again. I'm gonna make sure I'm, I'm gonna perform that better so I don't have to see Dara, Lara die in a horrible way. Yeah. I'd love to see her evil twin, Dara. Yeah, Dara. <laughs> yeah, Dara. Send her. You go to the traps. <laughs> it's early, guys. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fine. Not making fun. That's all right. No, no. Um, I was actually going back to like kind of the, the story about the question. Like, I've always heard different like, different sides of like game development. It's always very fascinating, especially to us. Like, kind of look behind the curtain. But like, when it comes to a new game like this. Are you guys writing the story and working on the gameplay and everything in tandem, or does one take precedence over the other? It is absolutely a, a, a process where we work together as a group. Um, it's collaborative, it, it um, is iterative. Uh, there is not, you just author a story, you make a game, or you make a game, you fit a story around it, it has to all work together. Yeah. This is a great moment, by yeah, the way. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Covering pretty scorpions. Cool. I'm just yeah. waiting for skeletons to just fall on her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, love they, skeleton scares, by the way. Yeah, these are, these, are, these are your classic, you know, tropes that, you know, people just love to see in an action-adventure game. It's like going into a tight claustrophobic space with hundreds of creepy crawlies. <laughs> people love it. There's one guy just yeah. like, Ugh. I'm yeah. dying, I'm dying. I love scorpions. I'm curious because you were kind of mentioning that you know with Indiana Jones and previous Tomb Raider games, you kind of had this legacy of tropes that come to the, like action adventure. Sure. Uh, and, like one of them is sure you like uncover these ancient secrets, but you also knock it all over along the way. Sure. And I kind of like that that's still intact. Laura was just fucking decimating those ruins <laughs> while running along them. But uh, do you guys have like a list of things that you want to stick in? Is there like a, a like a writers' room where everybody's talking about their favorite moments from like *Romancing the Stone*? And they're like, oh, we could put a twist on that in this game. Yeah, we, we often look at films and TV and uh, all kinds of media for inspiration. 
um, but ultimately look back at our source material and, and we try to make sure that we're being true to the character. Where do we think you know Lard would want to go and how do we want to evolve her story? And there's a, a number of influences that sort of help us define what it is that, that is going to be the, the next great adventure for Lara. Um, and one of the things we looked at was, you know, we touched on the idea of immortality and we wanted to mm -hmm. continue that theme. And we looked at all, all the media around immortality and there's, there's very little um, known about the lost city of Katesh, which is actually built on a Russian myth. And we felt like that would be a great place for us to build our own fiction on. It's something that's not so well known. But yet, if you guys know Voldemort, the idea of uh, a guy who hides his soul into multiple, in multiple sort mm -hmm. of vessels, that is the myth that um, sort of inspired us to, to create this idea of a deathless prophet that, that um, had his immortal soul and it was tied to an object. So we use some of these classic myths that have been you know, reinterpreted through modern lens, and, uh, but we're, we're going to the root of it and, and telling a story that not many people get to see. Yeah, that's the thing I really liked about the original Tomb Raider. Like, as much as, you know, it is a video game and it is fun and there are parts of it that will feel supernatural, it did always have, like, a sense of being grounded. Sure. It never really felt too cartoony, but, like, at the same time, like, at the, at the end of the day, it looks like you guys realize, yes, it's a video game and it needs to be fun and fun is important. And it is a fun game. It's, these, these types of puzzles um, uh, uh, from the previous game, I always really enjoyed because if you just look at them, it's like, I don't, I have no yeah. idea. It's not like, Telegraph it's not like you press a button and then like it highlights this thing or whatever. It actually reminds me a lot of like Half-Life, hmm. yeah. like a Half-Life 2 puzzle where it's like you are in a room with a bunch of barrels. Figure it out, you <laughs> yeah. know, like... And yeah. physics puzzles have been a staple of the, the Crystal Dynamics recipe of trying to, to, to make real as much as possible the activities that you're going to do. It's a way to contextualize them in the world mm -hmm. and uh, build them off of things you might understand. So, so like, I, I just shot down the, this, this platform, right? Mm -hmm. And we call this our puzzle nugget. It's just getting the player around the concepts that we're about to introduce for the main puzzle. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm still too low. I haven't figured that out. And you, know, you see this sort of sprout of water here. What could it mean? What yeah. could it mean, <laughs> you know? And then we, we, we've introduced the idea of her smashing oh, through Lord. walls. Yeah. And now that wall has water through it. So we, we introduce ideas and concepts and then we start to build on them. And in this way, you know, a classic one for Tomb Raider is rising water. I mean, that, that one of my, some of my fondest memories are of, um, of Tomb Raider, the original game, and rising and lowering water to, mm -hmm. uh, to make your way through that, that um, St. Francis. She squeezed out her hair. Yeah, she keep, did. Keeps her hair clean. She did. <laughs> uh, so so we, we look back to our classics as an inspiration, but we try to make sure that we're grounding them in as, as much as possible into feasible, you know, physics-based activities. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm curious. Uh, oh, oh, that's trap. Oh, she'll be fine. That's trap. Nothing bad has ever happened oh, to New Lord. No. Oh, you're gonna. I'm oh, a terrible no. shot. You're gonna terrible let it shot. happen. No. Oh, oh no. God, why? Oh, you let boy. that happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I let that. Happen. She panicked. Jesus, at, the slow at, death animation is the worst. Um, have, has anyone at Crystal Dynamics ever seen the? Uh, it was a show called Spaced. It was the guys who made. Um, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, there's a scene I remember. It was kind of cool. It was like it was when I saw that video games were like kind of a you know definitely a part of pop culture. But there's a part where one of the characters is going through depression and he's just letting Lara Croft drown. <laughs> and, and like one of the guys walks in, he's like, "She's drowning." He's like, "I know. I want this to happen because his girlfriend oh, just man. dumped him or something." <laughs> and it was just such a like a throwaway joke. But I remember being like, "Oh, so it's like, like therapy for him." Yeah, but yeah. like it was like I think Tomb Raider was one of those games. Like I mean, it's been around. It's has it been 20 years now? It, like, we are 19 years. 20 geez. next year will be the 20th anniversary of the original Tomb Raider game and that's that's a big deal for our industry I mean there's not many games Mario you could think of Zelda Mario yeah. but you guys have an, one more movie over Mario yeah so <laughs> we do we I'm do have that uh, but yeah th there's not many video games that go 20 years and 
And you know, our job is to make sure that we're keeping, we're being good stewards of the franchise. Mm -hmm. And uh, our our developers are big fans of Tomb Raider, but we also know that we want to continue pushing the the gameplay and the character forward. So we hope that we can make as much as possible the fans of the classics happy with what we're doing, the decisions we're making, but also hopefully get a whole new crop of fans that might have never played the classic games. Mm-hmm. So uh, we haven't seen any yet, but I'm curious how much how much combat. Like obviously with tombs and stuff, you wouldn't expect there to be lots of armed soldiers waiting in a tomb that hasn't been opened for you know yep. like a thousand years. But how yeah, much of the actual do that? yeah combat are we going to see in this game? Because that was something I actually really enjoyed. Yeah, the combat loop is definitely important to us. It's one of our thirds. You know, if you think about the the pillars. Of, of Tomb Raider. You have your exploration, you have your puzzle solving, and of course you have your combat. Backflipping um, over dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah, there's no dinosaurs <laughs> no. in this game. I can tell you that right now. But what I will say is that we have improved our AI considerably. So not only do you have, as a player, more options for stealth, but they are much better at detecting when someone is trying to mess with them. So in the last game, you could shoot an arrow and they go, oh, there's something over here, and they sit over that arrow forever mm-hmm. and, until you killed them. Yeah. Now they'll look at the arrow and say, wait a second, there's an arrow here. Someone's messing with us. All right, everyone do a sweep there's someone in the area Mm -hmm. so you've got this idea that I can start to mess with the AI and move them around but there are going to be consequences for me creating a distraction and I have to move I have to use my mobility and and you know deal with them either evade them or find a way to take them out silently or you know I can make a choice to go straight ahead and do do the combat run and gun so it really comes down to your player preference on how you like to play combat that we wanted to try to reinforce on this game I always uh, one of the things. This isn't really much of a question, but more of a praise. But um, I remember the uh, the cover system was one of the things that it was the first thing that got my attention. I, a friend of mine did a review, and they were like going crazy about the cover system. I'm like oh, I'll give it a try, and like yeah, it was like hands down. I think the best cover system I've used in a game where like it just na- it felt natural and it just worked. I don't know. I mean, there's really I can't think of any improvements you guys could have made to that, or was there any changes there? Yeah, the, the fluid comp, uh, cover system was something that we iter- iterated on quite a bit on the last Tomb Raider game, and we we taken that. And, and we basically maintained it as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we try to do is let you do more while in cover. So there are more objects you can pick up and throw, and that was a big addition, is like, we want to give you more tools to play with. Um, in addition to your, your bow uh, and shooting an arrow for distractions, we wanted to create distra- give distraction objects. Mm-hmm. We also wanted to give you objects that you could pick up and then craft on the fly. So that's another big thing we've invested in. So you're gonna be able to see cans on the ground. You can pick it up and throw it as a distraction, or you can use the materials you've gained, you've acquired in the world to, to create a, a portable explosive or a Molotov cocktail. So that those were big additions to the systems is give you more to, to, to play with while um, uh, in your cover system. Yeah, well, one of my favorite things was was how you, it felt like you would be in this environment, but it wasn't just like a battle arena. It wasn't just a big empty room with waist-high walls. It was like lots of scrap, and you wouldn't think that you could hide behind something, but then you actually could. Yeah. But then there'd be a bad guy hiding to hide something, and one of my favorite things was the was the bow with the rope. Yes. And so you'd just be like, sorry, bud, and you just pull down his cover, and then you'd shoot him. Like, yeah. can we expect more kinds of, like, transforming environments and stuff like this in this one, too? Yeah, environment interactivity is definitely important to us. Uh, we want to give the, you know, with those tools, we've now given you more options. And the bow rope is back, so you will see those coils in the background, and you'll be able to pull down support pillars, and you'll see a whole, um, uh, you know, a, a platform they might be on fall down, and they'll, and they'll fall down. So with one shot, you can take out multiple guys. So mm-hmm. we want you to be creative. We want to embrace the idea that she's a smart combatant, and she's not just not all about head 
headshot you know for every enemy that you can really use your strategy the other thing we've done is we've added armors to the to the character so you just can't headshot everyone mm -hmm. so we've also introduced new ammo types for for the bows for instance you can craft poison arrows now so when you have a guy with armor i can create this poison arrow with an area of effect um cloud burst and that will take out not only one but a couple of enemies in a localized space hmm. so it's these kind of things that we've done to try to um, say, hey, I'm, I'm looking at my environment. These enemies are different classes and they're more formidable. I'm gonna have to come up with a smart strategy to deal with them. Was that based on just kind of like watching people play the previous game and looking at player behavior? Or was it just something that maybe that was something you guys wanted to do in the previous game and you just didn't have time to get in there? Yeah, well, we, we knew we wanted to do more crafting in the world. So everything you can do is contextualized. I will be able to craft now um, uh, bandages to help speed up my, uh, my, my healing. So before we had regenerative health, we've actually slowed that down, so it now takes a lot longer to heal. But what you can do is craft a bandage and craft on the fly. So that gives you fast um, healing that you're, you're managing through your resources that you collect. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with the poison arrows. Like every single resource I pick up, whether it be a mushroom or a piece of cloth or wood, they have different recipes. And then depending on how I use that resource, I can get different things. So we wanted to get this mix and match resource gathering that you then make strategic choices about how you wanted to do them. So there's a little bit Whoa. of a trap combo. Oh boy. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Both of them got <laughs> oh. One of the things I liked about the original game is uh, it. I think I always felt a connection to it because it kind of understood my neurotic need to collect things. Mm -hmm. And, and it, presumably that's what Tomb Raider is all about. You kick down the door to a tomb, you open all the treasure chests, you walk out with your arms laden down with gold shit. Uh, but by the end of the game, you could, you know, you could get those maps that would basically tell you where everything was. You yes. just had to go and get it. Yep. Is that going to happen in this game too? Yeah, so you're going to be able to find maps and you're, you'll be able to build, uh, invest in skills. There's going to allow you to invest uh, or, or to find everything you want to find in the game. So you have those obsessive collectors. Oh, I need and, it. And you, and you want to be able to collect I'm just going to look it up on YouTube anyway, man. Just put it in the game. <laughs> so we can buy, you can buy skills that are going to, uh, you'll get a map, but the map might not show everything. So you're going to have to buy a skill that would say, hey, I want to know where all the challenge objects are in the world. And then it will mark the challenge objects for you. So, so the skill system, we've increased tremendously. So before there was a number of skills and you had to sort of unlock X amount, no matter you wanted that skill or not. Now we're letting you say, hey, I just want to, I want to spend all of my time on the brawler <coughs> skills. That's what I really care about. And we allow you to go all the way through the brawler skills without being encumbered by the other ones. So the skills, I think, have become a lot more fun to use because they cater to, once again, player choice and whatever you find to be most important. Okay, so I can, or choose not to, spoil this puzzle. I don't want to <laughs> spoil the puzzle. Okay. But I will say that everything you've learned up until now, so you, you can see that there's a raft that I've shot down, mm -hmm. but now we've got the idea of a current. So a current ah. is draining. So the water will build, and then the water will fill, and then once it drains, the, 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 um, the platform will go back. So we try to make sure that all of our puzzles escalate, and all the skills that I've learned before will, will have an impact on how I play uh, the, the, the next stage and sort of challenge my mind to say, all right, well, what am I trying to do? Where do I need to go? And how do I, how do I accomplish this? Um, so un unless, you know, we want to spoil, I, I'd rather not spoil. I, if you don't yeah, want to spoil, no, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, you don't have to spoil. <clears throat> I noticed you put all those like little floating bones and stuff in the water to telegraph the motion of the water. Yeah. Is that something that just you get through experience or did you guys have to focus test all of these traps and then realize, oh, people don't know that the water is moving. 
We should just add some junk in there to telegraph that. Yeah, we call that our flotsam, and flotsam yeah. is a big part of the last game to try to, to, to show, showcase currents. But what we always say is when people don't grok something, it's like, all right, add more flotsam. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's one of our default things. We really feel it's a big part of communicating the feedback of the, of the currents. So there was like, you know, a quarter of the bones in there before, and they're like, nope, add more bones. Gotcha. And, uh, and that really helped, you know, players understanding the concept of the current. That was going back to the previous game, and something that looks like it's definitely apparent here is the um i like the pacing of tomb raider is one of those things that i really like that it was like there was a nice balance of puzzles and combat it actually felt like I, I don't remember really what the balance was maybe it was 50 50 but it always felt really well paced and like i never really felt like i was just gunning people down for hours at a time like i don't know it was yeah pacing was something we paid a lot of attention to and we continue to like that that is one of the things we sort of um, believe why our, our completion rates are so high because mm -hmm. we pace it in such a way where pe players don't feel fatigued. They feel like I want to keep exploring. I want to I want to keep going. Yeah. And you try to we, because Lara has this you know, and we're in this genre that allows you to uh, find uh, a rhythm with different styles of play that we can m play with that pacing and control it with within you know a traversal section which allows you to open up and freedom to combat which might be a little bit more adrenaline and then there's the puzzle solving which is more cerebral so um, I'm showing you guys a little bit of the fun things you can do to collect a lot of people ask well this seems linear well in these spaces of what this being one of our smaller prim primary tombs there's gonna be a lot of things to collect challenges to complete and, and if you scour the environment, you'll find all of these XP crates, you'll find um, more journals, which is gonna explain more about the story. And of course, uh, you're gonna be able to find um, these gold coin caches. And I can talk a little bit about that, which is exciting. So we've added a new economy to the game. So you find these gold coins, and there's gonna be um, places throughout the game that you'll be able to purchase new upgrades. So you'll have, um, let's say, a special weapon that you have that you're really interested in, or that ascender that you might have liked from the last game that allows you to zip up uh, um, ropes really fast. These things will be available for purchase for those that spend the time translating the monolith, finding these gold coin caches, and then they'll be able to buy all these new things that they wouldn't have had naturally. So it, we have skills, we have. Um, we, we have our upgrades, uh, we have uh, weapon upgrades, we even have upgrades that allow you to hold more ammo or upgrade your quiver so you can mm -hmm. hold, more, um, uh, have, hold more arrows. Uh, so there's just a lot of things that we're trying to feed into that encourages the player to explore, find things, and eventually just make their character as badass as you can make them. And is this the kind of thing where, like, is this the only chance you'll get to visit this tomb? Like, do you have to be super thorough as you're going through? No, we've allowed, um, once you've this is this is not a place you can fast travel back to until you reach the end of the game, and mm -hmm. then you'll be able to fast travel back to this mm -hmm. this location. But fast travel is a big uh, uh, element for us to allow for that exploration and reward um, for those that say, "Hey, I've uh, I've been to that place, but I know I didn't complete everything." Mm -hmm. Just go back to a campsite. You can fast travel back to an area, and uh, you'll be able to complete your task. Especially when you get things like the map. Like we just got a new map that um, allows us to uh, see more of the things that we were missing. Mm. So I've got that map now. I know that there's a document I'm, I'm missing, and, and there's a challenge object that I that I, I can acquire. So oh, there's so many meters. Yeah, <laughs> they gotta all be full. And another thing, I mean, another thing that I can I can talk about too is we 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 talked a little bit about crafting. Um, there's going to be so many more elements that you'll be able to use for crafting, and and once you have those those elements, 
um, those choices, those like sorts, you could hunt a deer in the last game, but now I can actually find a deer pelt, and that pelt will will be one of the ingredients I can use to upgrade my my uh, my bow or my weapon or my, you know create a new quiver. Um, and then there are special resources that you can get too. So oh, you're going to have primary uh, resources, and there's special unique resources that you can only find in certain areas at certain times. Hmm. So um, so that's a really exciting uh, addition. Um, and then what, what else can I tell you? Oh, uh, you know, we talk a little bit about tombs, but in addition to tombs, we've added from our exploration spaces uh, crypts and caves. And those don't necessarily have puzzles, but they are fantastic for discovery and adding more story to the game. Uh, so expect when you get into these hubs, which are now three times the size of the last game, you're going to be able to find so many more things to uh, discover just naturally. Mm-hmm. Instead of like overforcing the player to say, hey, look here, and, <laughs> and here's a challenge tomb. We're going to let you just organically find them uh, on the path. I imagine that has to be kind of the challenge. Going having a, it's not exactly an open world game, but it was sort of like I, the first one was like kind of this hybrid, where it had like a pseudo hub world, and then you like kind of moved around. Mm-hmm. But then guiding a player in a somewhat linear fashion of like you need to move down this path if you want to progress in the yep. game. I imagine with that and the puzzles and everything else, and then also having a progression system. Uh, it's like it seems like the game has a lot that just keeps people going. That's I think guess that's what you were talking about earlier with the completion rate. Like yeah, we have we have high completion and not only just like story completion. Like we have a lot of people that that hundred percent of the game, and and we try to make sure that, that those activities are not just oh you know um, something I just have to do, but you you're really compelled to find all, all of the the things that, that make up the the full com- comprehension of the story and and hopefully the. You know the secrets in this uh, in this space. So that's about all I have to show today. But if you have any other questions, I'd love to, to answer them. You mentioned uh, Tomb Raider had a com- high completion rate. I'm curious, as a as a director, I'm sure that 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 strokes your ego a little bit that people liked your product enough to play through it. But how does that factor into the evaluation of a success of a game? Because you would think, from a business level, you don't really care if they finish it or not, just that they bought it and that they buy the next one. Well, what we're seeing is that people are engaged. Uh, mm-hmm. They they, they want to understand the story. They're compelled to know Lara's tale. And you know, for a story-driven game like ours, where you really, you know, you're trying to express that Lars on this journey, you want players to go all the way to the end, so they have an idea of like, oh wow, that's really what happened, and mm-hmm. that's how things resolved. Um, now, I will say for those that haven't played the original Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider is a fine place to, to slot in. There is no, you're not going to be lost. There are some characters that we that we throw a nod to, like Jonah was in the last game. Mm-hmm. But this is really a standalone story. But we encourage everyone to go back and play um, the the first Tomb Raider reboot as a means to to really fully understand where Lara's at in her journey now. Um, but uh, yeah, at this stage, you know, this is a great time to get in if you've never played the Tomb Raider game. You're going to get a really nice. Um, uh, completed story from beginning to end when you pop in the disc. And uh, the other thing that's nice too is we've we've created some add-ons and some things that you can do um, in, in Season Pass that are taking the, the franchise with a little bit of a grain of salt. Like, we, we, we're a very serious game. We, we tend to put a lot of drama into the character. But w- now we have the ability to create chicken bombs in post-game, you know? Stuff, oh, yeah. <laughs> stuff that's not obviously something you'd put into the primary game. But if you're running around with Lara and she's got a head that's four times the size of her normal head and she's throwing chicken bombs, it's a pretty fun thing to do <laughs> yeah. as a means to expand your your play experience. Cool. Well, um, I, and I know this one's uh, for it's uh, Xbox One exclusive, but um, you guys did a really... 360 as well. Oh, um, well, the, uh, the other thing, I know you guys did a really good job of uh, re-releasing the game um, it was last year or the year before? Yeah, the Definitive Edition. Yeah, but it was good. Like, if you missed it out on PC, like, if you want anything kind of similar to that experience, I think the PS4 and the Xbox One editions were 
uh, very nice upgrades. Like yeah. you got some nice pretty hair effects. Yeah, and it gave <laughs> us the opportunity to really understand a little bit more about the technology that we were gonna be going into. It, it, there was a lot of lessons learned, mm -hmm. but we've we put so much more into the technology. Um, the graphics engine has really been changed since Definitive Edition. Um, the lighting engine's been rewritten, and there's so many features that we've added to make sure that Lara performs better. And also, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time just uh -oh. discussing the, the gameplay upgrades. So it's all those things that we built on for the Definitive Edition. Cool. Well, um, we just had a fun, hard computer crash there. But uh, thanks for coming by, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, my heart's, my heart's dying right now. <laughs> oh, very cool. oh, wow. I'll right. make like Lauren excavate the capture from this podcast from that goddamn PC. <laughs> We're still live though, right? Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then we, we saw a, we saw a, we have redundancies. Yeah, we got a backup. It's That's nice cool. looking over at your monitor and it's a giant blue screen. And, <laughs> and there's a sad face, yeah. Thanks, Microsoft. It's, uh, good, it's good to know that, oh, it's got updates to that all technology has, uh, industries have their issues. I know, it, we, yeah. I know we have tons of ours <laughs> when we make video games. Oh, yeah, man. shit, man. We just, we have to go with like gum and tape and it still breaks. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm sure you can see all the wires behind there. It's great. Cool, man. Well, thanks yeah. for stopping by. Yeah, Brian, uh, thank you so much. Oh, I really it appreciate it. I hope awesome. you guys play the games November 10th in the States, 13th in the, in the UK and Europe and, uh, you know, elsewhere in the, in the world. I think it's the 12th in Japan. Please, please, please check out Rise of the Tomb Raider. It's going to be a dope game. Please do. Cool, like, man. Awesome. Thanks, cool. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Step out of mm. And we'll continue the podcast. Yep. Uh, give us just a second while we reorganize the chairs. <laughs> cool, man. Thank you. Hey. Yeah, you're a pro. You can talk and play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Right. I got the feeling you've done that before. Okay. That's a rare trait. All right, Adam, you can take pole position if you'd like. Okay. All right, Adam, you ready to kill some rat mans? I don't, Again? Uh-oh. Uh I never played this. Yeah, well, you, you're about to. Oh, man. Oh, don't complain. I don't know. Mm. Is this like a Diablo thing or? It's like a Left 4 Dead thing. Left 4 Dead, okay. Oh, wow. Is it still yeah, is it so going blue. crazy? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, the color. Man, that was a hard crash. Sure was. Thanks, computer. <laughs> this is going to be a fun podcast to put together. I'm sorry, man. Oh, it's not your fault. It's, it's, it's too intense. Too much Lara. Yeah. Well, now's a good time to, well, you know what, I'll wait for the. I'll wait for the, the podcast to be normal again. Yeah, don't worry about it. Livestream gets to enjoy uh, a peek behind the curtain, though. That's why you should livestream it, I guess. Man, that Tomb Raider. That was, that was a good, like... Oh, shit, though. We didn't, we didn't, we're not livestreaming to YouTube, right? Nope, it's Ustream. That's going to be fun. Huh. Hopefully you can download from Ustream. Let's hope so. Um, well, the uh, OBS better are capped at the same time. What's up? Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, that, that I forgot that caps. Yeah, we have, we have like we have like ten oh. redundancies going on. I forgot that like some this thing filled up. Man, good job of us. Yeah. All right, we're good. Yeah. Okay, what do you want? Right. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, Left 4 Dead with rats. Cool. Yep. Um, and also, uh, if if you decide to travel the world and explore tombs, make sure you get a good rest with your Casper mattress. Wow, nice one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have time to work up a good one, but. Casper mattress is fucking phenomenal. Uh, Jesus, the older I get, and I, I've made this, I've made this plea a few times, but the older I get, the more I realize you have to spend money on things that matter. Mm -hmm. And like, buying an awesome Mega Man statue—that's really cool. But you spend six to eight hours a day on a bed, so please invest money in that. And uh, Casper mattress actually doesn't cost that much. You can get a twin for five hundred bucks, which is pr really good for a bed. Uh, I got my first bed I bought out of college was like. 1200 yep. and it actually wasn't that good. I suggest if I could go back in time I would make Casper mattress exist when I graduated college and then also buy one from them uh, They they bring together two amazing technologies latex foam and memory foam 
They've got just the right sync and just the right bounce no matter how you sleep. That I can vouch for. It's, uh... God, in, a, in this fucked up world where nothing goes right and PCs crash all the fucking time. Careful with the F-bombs. It's nice at the end of the day yeah. to relax your head on a bed that feels good all the time. Ugh. You talk about Sorry, spending been... your money on what's right. Didn't you once spend $30 on 30 anime DVDs? Yes. You threw out most of the box. I I gave them to Elise, <laughs> and then she donated them. Oh, okay. To some listen, I gave a gift to people. Oh. Also, that was before I had or knew about a Casper mattress. So, if your finger is hovering over the checkout uh, <laughs> of a <clears throat> a discount box of thirty anime DVDs, I I beseech no, I you, know, I, know. <laughs> I beseech you to instead spend that money on a Casper mattress. Um, and now you can get fifty dollars towards any mattress purchase by going to Casper.com/dudesoup. And using code DUDESOUP, so not only can you get a great mattress at a low cost, but you can get $50 off. They also have a, a guarantee, so if you don't like it, they will pick it up for you. That's in 100 days, by the way. So you have nearly, actually over three months to decide if you like this mattress or not. Jeez. But you will! That's, that's, a, that's a Sontag guarantee. You have one, right? Yeah, I do. They actually sent me one, which is fucking great. Yep. Um, F-bombs. Careful, buddy. No, I'm, I'm getting excited about beds. Okay. I think they'll like my passion here. <laughs> so, uh, once more, if, uh, if all of my swearing has convinced you, uh, please go to casper.com slash dudesoup to check out, uh, Casper Mattress, and if you decide to buy one, please use code dudesoup for $50 off. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your sponsorship, Casper, and thank you for my, my wonderful sleepy time every night. <laughs> Some, it's, in a, in a hectic world where fucking everything right, goes we got Okay, okay, we got yeah, it. thank you. All right, oh! clap sync. Okay, can we clap sync now? Yeah, sure. ready? One, two, three. Thank you. <sighs> I got I got this guy over here and I got swap map go to the map like I know I know Well, but we, here's the thing first know, of all can you game. please change your character because the last time we did this Bruce plays this character the whole time is really boring How do you ch change character? Yeah, I have he no just threw idea. a lot of fireballs. I have no idea. I think you do also also Ooh. there it is hero selection oh. Oh, no. yeah, his I, He did <laughs> it. He got it. He's there. All right, cool. all right there guys. we go cool. now we see some cool stuff. We yeah. got some we got a choose your okay. own adventure coming let's do, a, let's do a podcast. We're in a we're in a weird place So we're in a great place. We talk about yeah, everything. Okay, so we got we got two stories can talk about yeah a little gibby gabs yeah first of all uh mod tools and map creation tools are coming to black ops 3 on pc weird right Interesting. yeah very weird second of all um holy fucking shit king got bought for a lot of money adam why why are profanities bothering you it's weird like it, it's like it's he's it's, still in interview mode yeah it's because he's it's because there was someone in here yeah, yeah. who's so like a professional and you get it's really not, like buttoned up when you're it's talking strange when it's well yeah, because yeah. I, we're professionals too i don't know it's strange like it's like the end of the film spy where all she does is drop f-bombs i'm like this just feels so i thought it was okay uncomfortable no the movie's great the first two thirds are uh but fantastic. then all the swearing so you made it to the end of spy so it, it's it's <sighs> It was funny, okay? I had mm. a good time. I have my doubts. <laughs> Wait, so I can't pick my guy? Listen, Adam, what? swearing No, they're taken. The other character... Oh, swearing is wonderful. Okay, go so on. So anyway... 5.9 uh, billion dollars. Candy Crush yeah. is a better game than anything. It's the most successful game of all time. Yeah. Basically, it, it's really fun to break down because every time an acquisition happens like this, a lot of people are quick to say, not worth it. Not worth it. And I'm not, I'm not internet voicing here. I actually kind of agree that it's not worth it, but... If you dig into it, it makes sense. And I think it's mostly because people don't understand how huge Candy Crush is. Um, I, was reading, I was reading an article, I read a few articles about it. Um, none of these are my own opinions because I, I don't have enough uh, intelligence or experience in business acquisitions mm -hmm. to form my own opinion on it. But uh, a lot of the information that I read was, so here, here's the deal. Um, the valuation of King was 20% over their current market price, which is... As a, as a lot of analysts that I've read said, it's pretty reasonable, actually. Mm -hmm. The thing is, they're still, they're still on a gradual decline from their huge IPO. 
Um, so they, they basically, they did their IPO. It did really well because at the time, Candy Crush was the biggest thing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. It still is, but there's some... <coughs> actually, I don't know that for sure, but there, it's basically been slowly declining ever since then. Mm-hmm. And the stock price has followed. So the consideration now is it's not really that King was a bad pickup. It's more that Activision bought them at the wrong time. That, Activi- that King is in the middle of a decline, and had Activision waited a couple more years, they would have gotten them for less money. Uh, maybe something closer to their actual market value. Uh, I think it's important to note that King is also not just the developer of Candy Crush. They've made a number of other games that are popular but have not eclipsed. Soda, Soda Crush. It's all soda, soda drink. Soda Popinski. Yeah. Soda, Soda Crusher. Yeah, they don't, uh, they don't veer too far from the source material. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, that's that's intended. If you have the biggest thing in the world, you're going to name something else after it. I don't blame them. Yeah, and and they've actually, to their credit, also tried (laughs) very hard to make their other games a success. Um, Most. Most game companies, uh, I guess I would, I would source Rovio in this, if they get one hit, tend to ride it as long as they possibly can. Whereas King tried their best to diversify to name, some success. Name six more Angry Birds games. It's Angry Birds Space. Yeah, are, Angry yeah. Birds Star Wars. Trans- Angry Birds 2. Transformers. There was a Angry Birds Transformers? Yeah, there's also like an adventure game. Really? Uh, yeah. There's a movie there's coming a movie? out. They're yeah. angry and they're birds. Did we were we together when we saw the trailer for yes. the Angry Birds movie and we all looked at each other and we were like, <sighs> there were no jokes. Yeah. Yeah, well, he didn't even seem that angry. <laughs> he no, he wasn't that angry. I think I think he was going to counseling, yeah. but he didn't seem angry. And there were things that were about to make him angry, but then he was like, nope, I can't be angry. Yeah. And so the trailer that then hits the splash screen, Angry Birds, where? Also, I don't care. I want my birds to be angry. Yeah. Right. Ten minutes That's in the movie, guy. you just go out and demand for a refund at the box office. <laughs> Bird's so, not angry enough. So I guess the major takeaway from this is maybe we as non-business people in non-business meetings <laughs> um, are potentially underestimating or under-assuming so. sometimes the value of a dual business acquisition type situation. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying this to justify certain other claims Whoa. that we've made in the past. But I'm just thinking that it, it may be t- maybe we don't realize the whole business spectrum that people are dealing with here. Well, also, we, we've talked about this before. Like, it's not always just cash. They're not like, here's five bucks. Oh, sure. Yeah. It, I think the problem with it's, things like this valuation. is this, this comes down to, I mean, this is also sort of like, an, oh, God damn it. Well, you uh, did. This, no, your entire part Well, now I can gone. talk. It's fine. Um, this is sort of an issue. This is with, when you're supposed to blame your team, remember? This is a, this is a clickbait world we live in, and mm. it's so much easier to have a headline that says, you know, uh, Activision buys Candy Crush $5.9 billion and you, you just look at it and go mm-hmm, looks good moving yeah. on the hot like, take okay yeah there was probably years of negotiations uh, of talks about this that started way back when or whatever and then there's probably stock involved and other options and like they probably have to meet certain goals whether that um, ac- um, acquisition goes through similar with the maker thing and Disney like it th- there's so many different factors involved but you know, people don't have time for that. There's a new Warcraft teaser. I need to go watch that. That's easy. I need consumable content. Yeah. So speaking of Warcraft, glad you brought that up. I'd rather talk about that than the Angry Birds. Oh, movie. we're not going to. It's oh. going to be more Angry Birds. Well, real so, quick, I think I think it's tied. It's the cool. it's the Reddit thread mentality of business, right? Mm-hmm. Or of almost anything. And listen, CEOs. I'm on Reddit too. I love Reddit, but like sometimes you're watching the thought processes there, and you're like, oh god, it's a bunch of people that don't know what they're talking about, that have no actual experience in this field, sharing their opinions from what they believe. There was a post a while ago that was talking about Donald Trump, who don't get me wrong. I don't want to defend Donald Trump, but one of the posts was like, he was left something like like $800 million or something by his father 
When his father died, he was left $800 million. And now his net worth is this, which someone pointed out is less is like less than if he had just put that money in like a basic savings account. So he hasn't like really adjusted for inflation, like anything? adjusted for inflation and stuff. It, it's, it's less than if he had just like put the money in a, like in a savings account or some sort of low interest kind of secure fund and then taken it out today. And people are like, her, her, like, Oh, look, at, he did. And he's the one who wants to tell us how to do business. And then someone had to point out and go, bro, that is the, the number that they're coming to. One, hasn't been confirmed. And two, is the total sum value of all properties in real estate. So what you're saying is he should have liquidated, liquidated yeah. every single asset that was left to him to a cash pool and then put it in one account. It's like, it's like that's not how any, no one would do. It's not, it's not yeah. a matter of being stupid for business. That's not how anyone would do anything, you know? It's, it's just, it's easier to, a lot of times to have the black and white story. I, I was talking to um, someone about this at the uh, Dude Soup Live thing. But I was saying like, uh, someone was saying, they're like, oh, I appreciate the way you guys do your shows because you try to have, be, have like, be more even-handed. And I was like, oh, thank you, as I stroke my own penis as we talk about this. Yeah, that would, we got yeah. thrown out. Even-handed yeah, for that sense. Yeah. Well, no, well, one of the, oh, no. Well, one of the things I was saying is, um, oh, God, that's really bad. But, Ooh, they're um, getting after it. That's fine. Um, one of the things I like to use as an example is the assassination of um, Abraham Lincoln. If you, if you want to look at like the bare-bones story, everyone goes, John Wilkes Booth killed him because he was mad. The end. And you're like... Well, no, no, no. You should like read that story. Like, there's way more interesting aspects of that. But no one ever wants to talk about like the conspiracy theory and like the 30 other people were involved. They just go, no, no, no. Guy mad, slaves killed him. End of story. And you're like, no, it's never that simple. So like with acquisitions and stuff like that, like there's always way more details that people just rather not be uh, led to believe. Can you keep turning your head and looking at me? What's going on, Adam? Who did 9/11? What? No. Well, I mean, that's a whole. John other Wilkes thing. Booth can't melt steel beams. I'm. What the fuck? No. There. I mean, read about it. There. They're like. There is a. Wikipedia, it's on the internet. Just read, read it. Just read go the, to Reddit. Read the, There's tons of Reddit threads. They'll tell you who <laughs> killed Lincoln, and it wasn't John Wilkes Booth. Well, I mean, like it's it's shit I studied as a kid, but like there was like there was a whole like coalition against the presidency and like all this other stuff. Like it wasn't just one guy versus one other guy, but that's the easier, sexier well, there was story. A war happening. Yeah. At the time. He did incite yeah. a civil war, kind of. I. I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you were asked him to tell the story, like, John Wilkes Booth oh, was I mad, see. so he shot president. End of story. Yeah. They got the bad guy. And it's like, dude, no, not at all. Like, oh, it, there's a well, whole lot of gray in between. It's not like, just black and white. Because, like, did you know that earlier that night, Mary Todd Lincoln said that she had to go to the bathroom, <gasps> but then she wasn't there. <gasps> Why didn't she use the bathroom before Whoa. he came in at the balcony? Whoa. And they went to go say, it's no coincidence that he, the American president was Whoa. shot at Whoa. a performance of an American president. Whoa. You guys, How? Are, you guys are really sidetracked. No, 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 no. I think, I think I get, I get your point, no, Adam. I get what you're saying. No, it's, okay, not, okay. it's not black and white. It's shades of gray. It's definitely human nature to, to want to distill things down into comprehensible storylines. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the Occam's razor of, of logic. A lot of people like grabbing onto that. Life is actually a lot more complicated and fuzzy. And um, something can happen right in front of you, and you can see it with your own stupid eyes and think that you know what's going on, and you can still be wrong. That's the thing that I think... That's, for me at least, that's when I embraced true adulthood, was when I was like, actually, I'm not really right about anything. I can just do a best guess. And everyone else is kind of doing that too. But the thing that, that has served me really well is trusting that every human being in their own way is trying to do the best they can. There's this weird assumption on the internet that everyone is stupid and they're making stupid decisions. Mm -hmm. Therefore, my evaluation of this is correct. Because I think like, you're half right. Yeah? I, I think every, I think, um, there's a lot of people who don't know what the fuck that they're doing and we're all trying our best 
Yeah. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, like, that was, a, you, you know, you're talking about having an adult moment. I don't think a lot of people grow up. That's just the sort of thing. But, like, we, we were just kind of playing pretend. Or like, yes, I'm an adult. And then you, you look in the mirror and go, fuck, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. You're eating a cheeseburger naked. <laughs> you like feces one, smeared on your stomach. Ever have one of those moments, like, as a kid. Oh, shit. Who, like, where some adult says something. Like, I don't remember what mine specifically was. I just remember that it happened where an adult said something and you're like, that is, that's 100% wrong. Yeah. Like, you as, like, an eight-year-old child. That happened to me pretty like, quickly, yeah. It was like, you're 100% wrong. I had a teacher who, like, was once read to us in class and was just like screwing up words couldn't like almost couldn't read um and stuff like that and it was like a children's book like this was this was like like third or fourth grade or something like pretty early on into into learning and and at the time my my mom had come in because parents were supposed to join for this reading session or whatever i felt bad for the teacher because you know being a teacher ain't easy but um but still my mom leaned over to me and she goes she, everything she's saying is wrong <laughs> and I was like oh okay and then like eventually I was like I like grabbed the book afterwards and I was looking at it and I was like she was getting most wow. of these words wrong <laughs> like it was just a weird moment where I was like and she's the teacher yeah she's charged with my learning I remember pretty early I remember like when I was five or six with certain teachers just thinking like you're kind of a dick just like the way that the way that they would talk to me and the way that they would treat me and yeah I was a kid but I also remember thinking you don't you don't have to do that. You can level with me. Like mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not stupid. But yeah, that's uh, th those are weird are. moments. Ugh. And well, rudeness yeah. is rudeness is different altogether. Just when you're just like, yeah, but you're no, you got it wrong. You're pretty certain <laughs> yeah. you're right, but you got it wrong. You've been telling people you're right this whole time. You're just you're just wrong. Like yeah. Another another example. I was looking at this morning. So the the other uh, story, the Warcraft story, was that um, they're saying like. Um, like World of Warcraft is down to only 5.5 million subscribers. Yeah. And I was like, we we don't have a, th a million free subscribers on our YouTube channel. Yeah, these guys have five million people Pay giving them every money. Month, Fifteen bucks. Fuck, yeah, I'd kill for that. Right? Like, oh my god! And there was this one guy just in the comments. I think he was being downvoted. I couldn't tell because now Reddit does the thing where it just says score hidden because you're an idiot. Oh yeah, I always um, click on those. Yeah, because that's some, people actually have some interesting feedback, and it's just it's just contrary yeah. to the narrative building in the comment thread well, that people voted out. It is this funny thing where there is the the one guy who's like serves them right. Like, this what? is why people oh. are fleeing their game. Like, the game's 11 years old and there's 5 million. Like, do you know how many people yeah. is 5 million? You child? Like, what? what is wrong with you? And they're like, Blizzard, they deserve whatever they get. It's like, they're, they're making money on Hearthstone. Overwatch came out and we've played it. And it's probably one of the most addicting games we've ever played. I'm will, I have my wallet out ready now to give them money. I'm like, what? they're fine. Like, they did. What did you, I remember you gave me the number for Diablo. It's like something ridiculous. It's very large. I'm glad you brought up World of Warcraft. How long does so, that go for? Either, either way, but yeah, I'm just saying, like, there are people, and like, there's people in the comments being like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I think I do. Yeah, I like, played a lot of World of Warcraft. This is my right. opinion. Yeah. So, uh, it's interesting I that you brought this. that up. Uh, the, the valuation that created Activision Blizzard had that entity valued at $18 billion. And that's, that's far more than they bought King for, which is 5.9. Now, here's the interesting bit. So, World of Warcraft is down to 5 million active subscribers. Mm -hmm. Candy Crush... Uh, or rather, King as an entity sure. has 7.6 million paying users per month. That company as an entity has more paying users per month than World of Warcraft, the world's most popular MMO. Yeah, Activision now owns both. Yes, they do. And also they have half a billion monthly active users. 500 million. That's now under the Activision Blizzard umbrella. Yeah. And... It's such a monopoly now. I mean, when you... Th it's, it shouldn't be seen as just buying market share. Um, 
but that's certainly a part of it, and that's certainly part of the valuation. And I think I think people still think of mobile games as a tiny little like <coughs> boom and bust thing. Like like oh, you made Candy Crush. Well, there will be something else next year that'll just replace it. Mm. King has made other games that are doing very well. They just haven't matched Candy Crush, so comparatively, they don't they aren't seen as successes. But that's one of those things where they bought one of the biggest players in mobile gaming. Now Activision has console, PC, and mobile. Yeah. Boom, they have the biggest properties in all of them. And I think just just that alone kind of positions Activision as one of the, well, probably the biggest games publisher for the next couple, five years, 10 years? So they have and children too with Skylanders, even though yeah. like, I know Disney Infinity is kind of taking over that, like, what do you call it, toy? Toys to, to life. Toys to life, wow. Whichever marketing guy came up with that is just I didn't make it up, man. So yeah. hard. That's the phrase. No, I, I'm, I'm saying the guy who came up with it is. Oh, well, yeah. you know what's interesting too? Like <laughs> we're not even that. counting. There's there's a whole wealth of user information too. Yeah, that's that's something that in this day and age is super valuable. Like even, sometimes even more than the money. They're like they know exactly what people are buying, how much they're buying when they're buying it, so like now they'll know Call of Duty, Black Ops, DLC, like I don't think that it'll translate this directly, but say theoretically it did, an example might be that Black Ops DLC is going to drop at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. because they found that users are more likely to make, you know, brash purchases or something like that on during the evening on a Friday or whatever. Get like, wrecked, go home, buy Call of like, Duty DLC. These are kinds of things that are like pretty valuable that-, that Absolutely. That well, when Amazon you have Google made a whole business around yeah, it. Yeah, when you have a huge user base that's just like even just dropping little pennies here and there, like you still get access to all that information and it adds up. Well, even beyond Amazon and Google, they're, I, the, more that, the more that this is becoming an issue and also it's just the cyberpunk core of me that likes it, but there are, there are online companies that just buy and sell user data. And that's what they make money off of, and because yeah. there's value to that. So yeah, if, mm-hmm. if a company like Activision Blizzard now has all the user data from World of Warcraft, all the user data from Call of Duty, and then wrapping in all the mobile user data, which by the way is linked to Facebook, so that's basically people's entire lives all spelled out. If they can have a huge like customer, when they call it customer relations management CRM, a huge CRM database of half a billion people Ugh. and all of the info about their lives and the things that they like and the way to market to them, I'm not trying to pitch this as insidious, but there, that's incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. If, if, like you said, you're like, okay, we got DLC dropping. We need to find, like, if we can just run it through this machine and say, okay, let's, let's buy ads to run on specific users, on specific games, because they are the most likely statistically to buy this game. Suddenly, you're making, like, your return on investment on marketing goes through the roof because you're able to quantify who actually wants to buy this shit and who doesn't. And then you as a user, theoretically, it helps you too because <coughs> you're busy playing Candy Crush and you're like, oh shit, Black Ops DLC. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's the thing, like, um, I do get... Like Amazon's pretty smart about it. They'll send me things like, "Hey, you like kind of browse this dildo for a little bit. Like, <clears throat> are you interested in RoboCop on a Blu-ray? Twenty-gallon like, drum of yeah. lube. Yeah, I am interested in RoboCop. <laughs> that's not a random thing. Yeah, that's not, not random. Really? That's because that's because they know for some reason that dildo people searching for dildos also like RoboCop. What's well, that scene where the thing pops out of his arm and mm-hmm. then he shoves it in? Yeah. Like, could I fuck myself with that? That's There's, what he says. Somebody oh has God. to... Okay, so people made, like, the spring-loaded Wolverine claws, right? Yeah. Sure. Somebody has to have both made the RoboCop spike and also have it be a giant dildo. Sure. Sure. I mean, dun, it's dun, basically dun, dun, what dun. you're describing is a dildo. He shoves yeah. it in and twists it. Women I'm, love that. I'm sure there's a RoboCop XXX parody out there somewhere where the, he does that. Well, what would... Uh, and then it causes... It causes money cop? to spew no, out of on. your mouth like an ATM. RoboCock! No, there was, there was a right? sad... There was a sad moment. Spool, look it up! Um, no, no, look at that. I forgot when it was. It, it was like... I think it was... It was Bruce or like Ricky and Elliot or whatever. They got like... They got a shitload of like parody porn. And I remember it was really sad because it was just like... Seinfeld. 
the triple X parody. Yeah, Seinfeld. I was like, they fuck. That's not even clever. Like, like someone found out in a, like some legal case. Like, we can just use the name and add triple X to it, mm-hmm. and it's it's. It's legal. We're fine to use it. And I was like, yeah, yeah but that takes the creativity out of it. Oh, Robocock, those, 2012. I'm there you sure, go, Robocock. I'm pretty sure those, those parodies... Uh, Guess what the tagline So your discrepancy, is. your problem is with the title? Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. I, I, just, I think it the just shows, of it shows a lack of initiative. Yeah. As and I was opposed like, to Pornfeld or something like that. Oh, uh, what would you... Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, Seinfuck. Dick, Dick, Seinfuck. Seinfuck. That's a good one. Yeah. Seinfucked. There, there has to be a D on the end of it. And then he'd be called um, Kramer. Kramer, nice. yeah. That already exists. No, right. we, we know it. We know Seinfeld triple X's exist, but the problem Joel Kramer is his name. It's his name. Oh, okay. okay. Oh. All right. Well, then there. see, there's there's <laughs> they, that pass your they, hey, hey, people people say we got to do clickbait. They got to do their clickbait too, even in porn. You yeah. know, take, oh. th- take that up with YouTube and the YouTube watching. Uh, audience. We're essentially pornographers. I mean, uh, yeah, I but I'm just, it's funny because it is kind of the same. And then, but then once you go within, now you find the creativity. <laughs> you know? I gotta dig it. one layer in, just like that that twisty fist dildo. I, I need to find. Dun, dun, dun. I need to find a better way of saying this, but like, we are essentially in the business of creating pornography for children. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, you, you no. gotta find a better way to say this. No, there, no. there, there, has, to your a, there has to be a much better. Pornography yeah. has a specific definition. I only know because I was watching Nathan for you, and it came up. Oh, really? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, without spoiling too much of the most recent episode of Nathan for you, there's a character that shows up and describes some work he did in the past, and Nathan goes, that, that, "That's pornography." And he goes, "No, no, no, it's not <laughs> pornography. It's uh, it's uh, something else. It's." It's different. It was like, you know, just naked pictures. Just naked pictures. He's like, did, did you have an erection? He's like, well, yeah, I had an erection. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's pornography. Well, and then at the end of the episode, he walks up to him and he goes, this is the definition of pornography. <laughs> this is what you did. <laughs> I was so, thinking, no, we don't do pornography. Well, I was thinking more of like, uh, there's an episode of 30 Rock where Cable Town or whatever is trying to make pornography for women. Because they're like, women don't want to see nudes. They just want like someone who will sit there and listen to them. But once again, that's not me saying that. That was the episode. Um, so take it up with them. And it's like, okay. there's a channel where there's just a guy being like, how was your day? And, you know, Tina Fey's like, aw, like, this is great. I love, and she's, like, paying money for it. Like, mm-hmm. it was just, it was a funny episode. Regardless. Women are dumb, Adam. You're right. I didn't say that. That's, that's Lauren. women don't like peas in their V? Huh? Why is that? Take it up with your wife. Just like it with peas. Just like the peas, all right? Just then let's all get on the same pee page. <laughs> Give him we'll RoboCop on DVD. Going. We get Wiggle some RoboCop. Eyebrows. We'll get Kramer in here. Get a squirt gun with lube on it. Just start spraying her down. This game, uh, for those who can't see it, I'm basically just stabbing rats yeah. for uh, like we, an hour. We played this last time. Remember, yeah. remember Secret of Nim or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Adam didn't get to play it though, so I wanted him to. Yeah. yeah. I was hoping he would yell at his teammates like Bruce did. Uh, no, I, I mean I don't care. It's. I get it. I get what this game is. Remember you guys Basil? excited to make maps in Call of Duty? Oh yeah, we were talking about that. Uh, you were about to. I, don't, I mean, I could give a shit. Um, it nice. was, Ooh. got this fucker. Take that, Vondahar. Yeah. Well, no, no, it, it was more Too of- Too bad um, that you're not in interview mode anymore. I think that that's like, maybe, oh, um, <laughs> maybe that's the sort of thing like, like what Halo's doing, where they're just, I mean, they basically have people making their own maps with Forge. Yeah. Um, and they're, they found a new way of making money with DLC and it's just opening crates. Um, so maybe, uh, that means, they're going to be done charging for map packs. Well, so here's here are the bullet points, uh, and and this is really all there is. They just posted it on the the Kala blog. I'm not sure what it's called, but um, you'll be able to create maps and game modes and more. We will include unranked dedicated server files with the tools so you can run servers with modded content anywhere you choose. We will provide unranked server browsers so you can easily find and join servers with modded content. Closed alpha target date March 2016. So all you Steam boycotters. You, it worked. It really worked. Joining that group back in 2010, 11? Maybe, maybe they're just chasing the, uh, the, um, what's it called? The Counter-Strike 
crowd. They're mm. seeing like they're like, huh, this game that came out yeah. three or four years ago or whatever. People like is, hearing fucking Little John scream every time they get a kill. Bear, bear, we should have. Yeah, there's a. I mean, I think it's it's what happens with AAA games. Like once they've gone as long as this, eventually they start the adding in the features concert? that they could have added in. Uh, they could have added in five years ago. Because then it feels fresh, but this is all part of their this is all part of their methodology. You think this is why they didn't do it five years ago? So now they could do it today. Man, I don't know. I think it's a que- I I tend to believe it's a question of time and money and prioritizing features that people actually enjoy and would use. They did have a three-year dev cycle on this one, so maybe they. Yeah, could. that's probably that might be part of it. Maybe that was part of it, and then just also, I mean, the landscape has changed. This goes back to the guy who was like. Yeah, uh, PC is way bigger now than it used to be. Well, people people talking about um, World of Warcraft, and people are like, "Wow, what's going to be the next World of Warcraft?" It's like fucking nothing, dude. It's League of Legends. Like, yeah. the game has changed. It's no longer a monthly subscription base. Wait, MMO. what's your catchphrase, Adam? What's that? What's your everything has changed? I guess I said the game has changed. I know you didn't say it right. What? What's my? I have a catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah you Skyrim do. with guns or whatever. No, no well, well, there's that the one catchphrase. There was uh, it was it was a really short-lived running gag. I had a catchphrase. Yeah, how can you not remember this? Every, you, you would go like you said it like, like twice in a row, and that was a zip zip zoo. Good uh, day to you. And uh, you'd take your hat off, Adam. and there'd be a tiny little bird on top of your head that bird tweet a couple yeah. times. Sounds like me, I guess. Man, Adam, you're such a good entertainer. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. You're like the carrot top of comedy. You're the new Dick Van Dyke. Feels like it. Can we talk but about our Halloweens? Modern Dick Van Dyke. Sure. That's I better. got to see a uh, Black Sabbath cover band that was themed uh, like McDonald's characters called Mac Sabbath. That wasn't... Ugh. Wow. Yep. Anyway, uh-huh. can we Vegas. stop talking about Halloween? Vegas yeah, is a cool place. It was a good Halloween talk. Thanks Thanks for tuning in for Halloween chat. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a tiki bar twice. It's fucking great. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Sounds like a Lawrence thing. And I went to uh, Vegas Buffet because you gotta. Yeah. Which, uh, which buffet? Yeah. Wicked Spoon. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. That's yes, the it one is. Which, which hotel's that uh, in? Cosmo. Yep. Oh, okay. They have a uh, build yeah. your own mac and cheese bar. Oh, they didn't have that when I was there. They had what? A, I'd like I was, some it was mac brunch, and so. some cheese. They had a build your own omelet bar, which you gotta do, you know. Eat bomb! Sorry. I, uh, I did have some good mac and cheese. Had sriracha in it. Yum. Good. Uh, I saw a lot of. They're all hurt over there. Yeah, they're AI. They're you gotta go up. Saw a lot of butts hanging out. That's cool. That's uh, Vegas, man. Vegas well, butts. also, it's really cold there right now. Do so. people pack their costumes and bring their costumes to Vegas to celebrate Halloween in Vegas? <coughs> uh, there was. I imagine there was a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, the traffic wasn't so bad either going or coming back. So I don't. I don't know that Vegas is a hot, de- hot Halloween destination for. Angelinos, they probably just go to West Hollywood. Like somebody here, you know they're, <laughs> you know they're building a train, right? Joel, come over here. Oh, really? To Vegas? Yeah. Well, Fucking kind of. Final. You have to go to San Bernardino, which Joel, is like. What, tell me all about. Tell me all here? about your uh, your big gay party. Well, um, I would like to say the party um, wasn't super gay, but it really was. Uh, it, Explain. It's uh, a bad thing. Well, Dan and I were dressed as uh, the emotions, fear, and disgust from Halloween, uh, mm-hmm. from Inside Out, from yeah. Halloween, from the movie Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were people there. There was um, a guy dressed as Wendy Williams there, um, which was pretty gay. Oh wait, so the, also, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Describe, yeah, describe like where you were, which location. Well, Lawrence West just said West, West Hollywood. Hollywood. I didn't, I didn't hear that. I'm which sorry. Is, which is, which is basically Boys Town in Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank and you. they have they they shut down Santa Monica Boulevard through the entire city, and they have five hundred thousand people show up, and everyone has pretty amazing costumes. Although this year the costumes kind of sucked. Wow. Um, There's no like. No, like animatronic wings that were just clipping people that were trying to walk past. Not this year. Spraying feathers I, everywhere. My former roommate actually, though, did did uh, full nux from uh, Mad Max. Like, oh, painted man. his whole body. He did latex engine block on his chest, like scars. Wow. He had a uh, two little tumors. He shaved his head. He did the, like the whole makeup. Mm-hmm. That was pretty incredible. Yeah, but at the end of the night, he still had to go home, stare in the mirror, and go. 
I can't go to sleep until I get all this off of me. <laughs> oh no, he didn't. He didn't care about that. Oh, he was passed out from way too much. Oh, alcohol. that's the trick. Pass out so that way you don't have to worry about it. Yep. Yeah, and then break out. And then all the the paint will flake off of you at night in the yeah. middle of the night. You'll be reborn um, like the phoenix. And then I also went to a James Bond party the night before. Oh. Uh, I went as James Bond, and Dana went as Money Penny. Which James Bond? Yeah, I was gonna Which say. Which Money Penny? Is there a Jewish James Bond? Yep. Oh. Jaime, Jaime Bond. It's that actually be part George of George Lazenby. <laughs> Classic Jewish, Jewish, Jewish name, Lazenby. Uh, so yeah, that was my Hallow's End. Cool. What about y'all? Sounds like you had a great time. I hung out with James and Elise. Adam and I went to a party with Elise. Ooh, I went um, to, yeah, the, uh, <clears throat> the Birch Twins. We're having right. a party, <clears throat> and I, uh, I drunkenly, drunkenly challenged Ash to a game of Smash Brothers, yeah, and she ruined funny. me. That was nice. really funny. That was really fun. I was like, I can play Link. Oh god, this is a GameCube. Oh you fuck. Her, oh fuck. You, it was just the two of them, no items, just pure smashing. You oh, have to realize it was, was melee. A, Actually, Adam, it was melee. Yeah. Adam on GameCube. I was her and job. She was is, wave dashing all over your face. She can I wave dash. Shit, that's Yeah, legit. she was playing as Peach, I think, and I was like, I'll be Link, and I was like, I'm not very good with Link. I, a is attack, right? She's yeah. Just like, oh God. Her I, job is to sit at home and, and play old video games and then talk about playing old video games, and your job, job is to is have as a job. Around, Did she hustle uh, you out of money? I don't think that's her job. No, I don't think that's her job. No, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's it. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right, well, you were there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joel Rubin, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's, arbiter that's the one of who said that. So, yeah, we went to a party. Adam yeah, we was, no, we're never sarcastic on this Adam show. Was dressed as, Adam was dressed as the cowboy I dressed as for years ago yes but then he took off the hat so it was basically him just in a tight pleather vest with this tight scarf around his that's neck that's kind of why i have a must Hollywood so he basically yeah he basically was just it was a gay hot cowboy. in that place though we, we went to their they had like a house and like a kind of nearest and like it was just warm. It was really fucking. Well, there warm. were a lot That's of people. A party, there. man. Yeah, there were. Yeah, a lot we were standing partying, up. dancing. Also, no. your your what was hat, the best costume. Your hat was a little tight. The best costume there. Um, some guy was dressed as Cobra Kai. Oh, really who was cool. that? Some asshole. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, so, so on. Uh, I guess Friday or oh, Saturday. Oh, Two Guns was the best costume. Oh, Two Guns. Two, two Guns. Two oh, Guns, two guns was a lot. So no. He's a friend of mine. Nope. He's a friend of mine, and his costume. He was. He had two holsters with guns in each of them. Okay. And a big two written on his chest. And we were like, "What is he from? Like, is that a comic or something?" So I went up and I asked him. Uh, Elise and I asked him, and he goes, "He goes, oh, you know that show, uh, Knife Gun?" And I went, "No, not really." He's like, "Oh, well, Knife Gun is a guy. He has a gun and he tapes a knife to it, so it's a gun and a knife." Yep. And uh, and then he goes, uh, I'm his sidekick, like his partner, Two Guns, mm -hmm. who's a guy that carries two guns. And mm -hmm. we're like, I've never heard of that before. He's like, oh, I made it up. <laughs> He's like, I made it up. He's like, I yeah. made up the premise for the show and and everything, but I decided to dress as him. I was like, okay, that's funny. That's a little that's a little wacky. That's a little funny. Yeah. But then. Like a lot of times, I would overhear him explaining it to people, yeah. and people would be like, "And I was like, that must get really annoying." Yeah. Until someone else showed up as the part at the party as another one of the side characters from his made-up show. Did he call everybody? Whip. Did he tell everybody else that he had made up the characters, or just you? No, he he conceded. Basically, he's like yeah. he's like yeah, like I made a show called Knife Gun. I think it'd be really interesting to walk around and say that without conceding that you had made up the characters. To see how many people were like, oh yeah. Ah. So, I think the answer is basically nobody. Um, I, I do want to say there's a girl there in a really good Princess Mononoke costume. Oh yeah. And I saw someone go like, who are you? She's like, oh, I'm Princess Mononoke. And they just went, ah. 
And I'm like, well, if you and then know, someone went, is that two it. guns over there? <laughs> oh, two guns. Oh, two yeah. guns made it. Um, so, I saw the best costume online though this weekend. Mm -hmm. Somebody dressed as Sean Poole for yeah, Halloween. Oh yeah, that's oh, weird. Oh, man. He had a flannel yeah. shirt on top of a T-shirt. Nailed it. He had a little <clears throat> cap on. Guaranteed to get laid at whatever party I he went to. Ten dollar joint in his mm -hmm. back pocket. Yeah. So knife, knife whip. Uh, yeah. Was this a whip with a knife on the end of it, yes. or a knife with a whip on the end? No, of it? it's a it's a whip with a knife at the end of it. Actually, three three whips, several knives. But he had lost one of the knives, um, and there was a lot. Every single question I had for him about knife gun, or any of its supplemental characters, they were all answered. So he mm -hmm. had he had the production bible in his head, which he I appreciated. Gave yeah. you the full experience. Did he have uh, Did he have spec scripts in his car? Uh, to no. sell knife gun. No. Yeah, no. I always, I always oh, hope that somebody's going to go to a Halloween, like, or a, or a Hollywood Halloween party and think this is it. My, my, I got, I got my costume on point. Yeah. Yeah. I got my handshake all down. Got my business cards ready to go. This is it. This is my breakout. It, it was a little weird too because I was at the Comic Con in London the like couple days just before, so I kind of felt like I was already already saw Halloween for the last week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so oh yeah, it, it was a little strange. Where I was like, I was like, I'm a little costumed out. Like I, I don't know, I'm I don't really need something, this. Something something I did notice this Halloween, just the first time I've ever noticed it. Joel Joel's uh, guilty of it, but then other people I, I spoke to over the weekend were also guilty of it. They referred to what you do during Halloween as cosplay. Oh yeah. Which is interesting, and I'm like, hmm. Technically, it is. I mean, it is, but it kind of... People don't dress up as spooky yeah, things anymore. But if you go as Iron Man, you're cosplaying. What? I mean, you did that. If you dress up as a Frankenstein, yeah, it's a Halloween costume. It's in the open house. But if you're fucking... Um, if you're Wonder Woman, that's cosplay. I don't know. Uh, I think if you're dressing up for Halloween, you're dressing up for Halloween. You're wearing a costume. <laughs> I agree. Cosplay, cosplay is when you are looking for an excuse to dress up. Which is Halloween. Halloween's supposed up. to be spooky. No, when you're not dressing up as a spooky thing, you're just dressing up oh. because you have an opportunity to. That's cosplay. When does it become costume business? Careful, Lawrence. Yeah, I think- I think- Careful what? No, but Halloween is a day where everyone's agreed you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Just, Dress up however you want. <laughs> just some like comic people, convention. Some people in West Hollywood, mm -hmm. I'm sure, just had a really tight Speedo that had the American flag on it. What about the sexy costumes, Lawrence? You're gonna get rid of the sexy- It's just like a comic book convention! I'm not getting rid of anything. <laughs> That's saying. exactly what Abraham Lincoln looked like <laughs> for that conspirator John Wilkes and Joel's gonna no. gonna suspiciously excuse cosplay, himself to the bathroom. Cosplay can be used for any other day that doesn't require a costume. If you go to a costume party, yeah. you're not cosplaying for it. Sure you are. No, you're wearing a costume. Comic-Con is a big costume party. If then. you're in London, the Saturday before Halloween, and you're just going to a place where other bunch of people are gonna be there, mm -hmm. then you're cosplaying. Wait, That's what Halloween is. Wait, is cosplay? No, it's not, because Halloween is on Halloween. It's cosplaying, does that require you to roleplay as your character? Is no. No, some people no. would say yes, but no. Again, a cosplay culture is pretty deep, Spool. Alright, that's it. We're done with the podcast. That's oh, the whole boy. podcast? Yeah. You guys, no. guys are wrong about bullshit, no so way. that's Cosplay's it. Cosplay's every other day. Podcast is cancelled. Fuck you guys. Every other day where it isn't agreed upon, nope. costumes will be present. Yeah. Can we title this podcast, Everyone is Wrong Except for Lawrence? That's what they're all titled. Oh. Okay. I thought that was the subtitle of the that's show. Good. Why don't you watch the show online? We're done. Uh, Get up. Alright. So we now. walk away now? Yeah, or? we're doing the first thing. Get up. Okay. okay. We're done. There all we right. go. Uh, Thanks everybody for watching. I, I miss Tomb Raider um, because this game's not fun. Oh shit! Well, it's, thanks. it's okay. Maybe if it was more co-op friends, it's okay. Oh. I think I think the AI and well, it's not random. an interview about Hermitage. Get up. Yeah. Thanks everybody. It's not an interview either. It's a review. Jerk. Oh,